0: I mean, to be honest, I, I never, I never worry about if I'm losing a fight or not, you know. I'm blessed with something that these other guys is not blessed with. And um, that's tremendous power. <clears throat> and I know that, <clears throat> I know that when I hit guys, you know, it, 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 it hurts them. So when you have power like I have, you know, you, you're not worrying about if you're winning rounds or not. I don't, I don't want that to be in my mind whether I'm running around or not, you know, and um, because I don't want my mind to be cloudy. You know thinking about the rounds and the rounds you know most of the time these guys win rounds on me anyway you know but i know that sooner or later you know it's gonna come and when it come bam baby good night like i always say know what we'll never really understand how good lewis ortiz is before the wilder fights we were like "Mm -hmm." he hasn't fought anyone and i think wilder's done such a comprehensive number on him that after this wilder sequence of fights he's not really going to be the same guy we saw before the wilder fight so we'll never really know how good he was and that's sad in a way because um How do you put this in very simple terms? A lot of people have been given a pass. Now Joshua has a justification for not fighting Ortiz. He's been knocked out twice by Wilder. What's he got for me? But I still think that version of Ortiz takes Ruiz to hell and back. I think that version of Ortiz takes Joshua to hell and back. And this isn't saying that they're not good. It's saying that that version of Ortiz was pretty damn good As far as heavyweights are to be benchmarked and assessed, I was like absolutely impressed with him. But that's what Wilder does. Deontay Wilder is designed for that one moment, that highlight reel. He's not letting it go to the judges. And last night you understood why. You know, some people say he was 5 1 down, 6 0 down. For Wilder, it doesn't matter. He's just waiting for that one moment where you say, I want to be a bit sloppy with my defense and immediately bam there comes the shot. So how do we get how do we get to the point where Wilder's icing Ortiz in the 7th round and you know I saw the social media chat a lot of people were going oh I don't think Wilder can pull this out of the bag maybe he's underestimated Ortiz fair enough yeah but it's the whole thing with Wilder. This is what makes Wilder exciting. You're just there going, where's the opening? Can he see it? Can he exploit it? And in that seventh round, he did. Just forgive me, I'm not feeling the best today. So I'm on my brags. apple cider vinegar. Two tablespoons with a bit of water a day. Tends to see you right. So if you guys are trying to get your health game up for Christmas, trying to detox, just try this. Apple cider vinegar in the morning. Maybe some charcoal tablets in the evening just to flush yourselves out when Christmas gets a bit hairy. I know that some of these guys were out on the piss in Benfleet, Allgate. You know, I'm getting the, the messages and the pictures. So good to see everyone's enjoying the, the final quarter of the year. You know, from a boxing perspective, it can't get any better than what we saw last night. So tactically, you could see what Ortiz was trying to do. Now, Ortiz was really looking to hit Wilder with a straight punch because... Yes, Wilder's tall and he's long, but you can time him and hit him down the middle. I think the the wide looping punches, too risky. So Ortiz was just working on that timing. Even, Even from disadvantageous foot positions, he was confident enough to throw that straight left, and that straight left was catching Wilder a few times. But you could also see from Wilder's perspective, he just said, look, let me take no risks until I figure this guy out, until I know what he's capable of, Until this initial enthusiasm dies down. And that's what you do with someone who's as good as Ortiz. You ask that question of his stamina. You know, Wilder was trying shots. You could see he was throwing that left hook to the body. And it was connecting more often than it wasn't. And I really think that might become a weapon for him over time. I'll be really intrigued to see what he does with that. Because he was throwing it easily. And if he can throw a few of those especially when he's fighting Orthodox guys, that might be a new string to his bow. So I was excited by that. Um, I don't think Joshua was, because we know what he's like with body shots. But watching the fight, it seemed Wilder just let Ortiz have the run of the ring. Almost as if he dared him to show me your cards, yeah? In the meantime, I'll figure out what my cards are, but you show me the cards you've brought to the ring, and Ortiz did. It was going to be the straight left, maybe a few right hooks, but he was going to rely on timing and ring placement in order to, to confuse Wilder. And, and it worked for a long time. But I think once you got to round five, you started to see Wilder get his distance in and start to understand what he was dealing with in Ortiz. But it's not to say that he was causing a lot of damage. The main part of the fight, to be honest, you can almost distill the fight down to those last 30 seconds of the seventh round. So conventional boxing and, you know, if you're in the corner of an orthodox guy against the southpaw, what you're saying to the guy is, so if you're an orthodox guy, you're saying, look, control the left-hand side of all of this. Keep drifting to your left. Keep your left foot outside of his right foot. Just control that space because that means that he can only go one way. The southpaw can only go to his left, and in doing that, he walks onto the right hand. That's your traditional theory. That's You watch most fights. That's how trainers have their guys set up. If you look at Wilder, most of the fight, he was drifting to his right, and that's why he was open for that Ortiz straight left because Wilder was almost giving him that angle by moving to stepping to his right, and in doing so, opening up his torso. And and you're watching that, going Ortiz might land one of these if Wilder's not careful. But what Wilder was doing was he was looking for the for the side door. That's what I describe it as it's the side door. You know, for you guys who have detached houses or semi-detached houses, you know there's the front door, there's the side door, and then there's the patio. If you don't have those doors, man, up your income levels. No, I'm just joking. And you can see Wilder was looking for that, because when Ortiz was blocking with his left hand, there was was a fist-sized gap that you could get if you could just get around that elbow, and Wilder was trying to find it. But Ortiz knew Wilder was trying to find it, and this is the chess aspect of boxing. So Ortiz isn't letting him do that. So what Ortiz starts to do is go. Not only am I not going to let you have this, but I'm going to turn. I'm going to turn inward slightly so that punch only hits my shoulder. And so you can see while they're getting frustrated with this, he couldn't get that shot off. That's the shot he likes to throw. It's the one that he calls the tip of the whip. You know, where he just whips that shot over, and normally people don't see it. And it wasn't working. So Ortiz had nullified the things that had got him in the first fight which is why he was winning comfortably. He wasn't making any of the same mistakes. But in that seventh round, the penny dropped with Wilder. And Wilder said, I've got this guy convinced I'm going to come around the side with this punch. To the point where he's now just rolling in. What if I throw it dead straight? What if I just throw it straight down the line? What if I do the very thing that boxing people say I cannot do? What if I just use really bad solid fundamentals. I'm going to throw a one-two and see if that connects. So if you watch the seconds preceding the knockout, he knows he's going to throw that straight left and he's looking for the time to do it. But there's one time where Ortiz fires back so that he can't do it then. And you can see he's he's fainting, he's fainting it. He's like, it's nearly there, it's nearly there. And then as soon as he saw Ortiz plant his feet, Wilder's just gone with one of the fastest one-twos any heavyweight has ever thrown. And that's what did it. What actually knocked Ruiz out was the thing that was frustrating Wilder beforehand. So as Ruiz has lifted his his yeah, was his left arm to kind of deflect the right hand, which he'd normally do easily, right? He's opened his face up, like he the guard wasn't tight enough, and he's opened up a big enough gap that the straight punch has gone in, and he's essentially just been chinned. And he's been chinned in a way that no one expected Wilder to do. It was just a basic one-two. Nothing special about the punch. But Jesus, how does a man that small generate that much force? It doesn't make any sense. So with Wilder, what I'll tend to do is just watch things frame by frame because I'm trying to see where he's generating the force. And so my theory on it now is Wilder does this thing that not many boxers do. He pushes and pulls at the same time. What does that mean? When he throws his jab, if you ever watch Wild when he throws his jab, his left when he throws his left jab, he'll pull his right elbow back and down, and that engages the lats. Then there's some of the bigger muscles in your body, so your lats generating peak force adds to what you're throwing forward with the jab. So actually you now generate maybe 20% more power. And he does the same thing with the right hand where both, both the pushing muscles and the pulling muscles work in sync. He's almost perfected the timing of that where it's just ba-bam. And there's nothing loose in what he does when he throws those shots. It's all energy transfer. If you watch most guys, because you're taught this in boxing, aren't you? Be loose, be this, be that. And it's a trap you fall into because there are times where you don't want to be loose. When you're trying to generate maximum force, you want to be as tense as you can at that moment of impact because that's when the energy is going up. And so a lot of guys fall into the traps. Like You watch Fury. Fury is very loose when he punches, but he doesn't engage his lats in the same way. His are more heavy punches. He relies on the the force generated by, by his legs and his hips, which Wilder does as well, but Wilder incorporates the muscles of the upper back. And if you look at how wide he is, you can see why there's that additional force. I don't believe it's extra bone density like I've heard Ben Davidson say or allegedly said. It's nothing else other than the guys just mastered that freakish ability to mobilize more muscle groups than most people when they punch. And so that's what you saw when he hit Ortiz. There wasn't a massive wind-up. It was just he popped the muscles one way, relaxed them the other, bang. And he just basically knocked Ortiz into next week. And remember... Ortiz was the guy that we said had the cast iron chin. We didn't think he'd get dropped. No, it was Dave Allen that was saying you could hit him with anything and he was just going to keep standing. So you have to give Wilder his due now. So let's see. You know, you, you, just oh, on his record, Ortiz, top four or five heavyweight. I think that's beyond question. Brazil, top ten heavyweight. I think that's beyond question. Fury, top two or three heavyweight, beyond question. The CV is building up now. Now it's up to these other guys to step up and face Wilder. You know, now build your legacy. Wilder is the number one heavyweight on the planet right now, beyond debate, beyond dispute. Based on who he's beaten and based on the way he's beaten them, he's the most dominant champion there is. Team Joshua have to just sit down for a bit, and if the, if they lose to Ruiz, it's game over for Team Joshua. Go find a new... I mean, go find a new hero to worship. Wilder is the number one right now. and He's the number one in an era where it looks like we're going to have some pretty damn good heavyweights. You know, let's let's just look at who's out there for Wilder. Fury, obviously, in February. Then the winner of Joshua Ruiz. Then maybe Dillian. Then maybe the loser of Joshua Ruiz. Then it's the young guys coming up. Then it will be your, your Hergoviches, who, from what I'm hearing in Miami... Punches like an absolute savage. You know, people are talking about this guy's got freakishly hard punches. You know, body shots, not so much about the headshots are killers. So you got Hergovic, Joker's on the road to redemption, Daniel Dubois is doing great things as well. You know, Joe Joyce is there in the background. You've got guys who were looking at going, I think you guys are legit threats too. So wilder has got this opportunity to almost like it was in the 70s, to really have meaningful fights now for the rest of his career. Will the other heavyweights want that? I'm not so sure. So what does this do for Joshua Ruiz? Hmm. Tricky. If Ruiz wins, fantastic for Wilder. Easy fight to make. It's just a question of timing. Would Fury step back for that don't want to fight Wilder for Undisputed? Not so sure. But... All of the things we've been playing, Joshua is now out in the cold, trying to find a way back in. If Joshua wins, we're right back to where we started. I just don't believe Team Joshua want the Wilder fight. We've we've established now that once Joshua gets hit with any sort of power shot, he seizes up, he's frozen, he's 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 non-functional, and Wilder's not like Vladimir, where he's going to take his time. So you're going to get hit with another one, and another one, and another one. So if you're Team Joshua, you're like, the best scenario for Team Joshua is Wilder loses that belt somehow. And that's seemingly why they keep delaying this fight, because they want someone else to have that belt. But I don't see Wilder losing anytime soon. I really, really don't. So Joshua has to win to stay in this game, because if he loses to Ruiz, he's out. They don't have to fight him anymore. Because you can't have Joshua highly ranked off the back of two defeats, especially if it's two stoppage defeats. He's got to go back down in the top 10 and then he's got to rebuild. So who does Joshua rebuild against? Kalnaki? Kavnaki, whatever his name is. Charles Martin rematch. Can you imagine him trying to solve <laughs> Can you imagine him trying to solve that? He'll have us believing that, you know, Charles Martin wasn't right for the first fight and actually Joshua got lucky that he caught Martin when he did. And is now probably a top five heavyweight. I can see that coming at some point. But Joshua will have a hard road back because everyone's positioned themselves. Dubois up there. There are a lot of guys that Joshua will have to go through if he loses because this commercial appeal is going to dissipate if he gets knocked out again. Now, we'll have a conversation about how that fight goes later on, but it's just to say that Wilder's done his part. And what he's also done is put the psychological pressure back on Team Joshua and said, you guys need this kind of performance to even be in the same ballpark as me. Because Luis Ortiz beats Andy Ruiz. I am 110% confident about that. Not beats him easily because no one does, but he does beat him. And so now we're back to this whole point of Depending on what camp you are, Wilder's either the best in the world, Fury's either the best in the world, or Ruiz now is the best in the world. But it doesn't matter. This is all we wanted in the heavyweight division. We wanted this sort of energy, this sort of buzz, but then these guys capitalise on this and fight each other. Now the question is, can one of Ruiz or Anthony Joshua do their bit, get the win, and then call out Wilder and make the fight happen? Otherwise, this has all been in vain. All these good fights have been in vain. All of our time, energy, and passion has been in vain. And we'll get bored of this. That's how I see it. We'll, we'll get bored of boxing soon enough if we don't start having these meaningful fights that will get these guys into the Hall of Fame because the potential's there. I just don't think egos, greed, sometimes selfishness holds it all back. But now, I'll be interested to know people's views on the fight because I thought Wilder demonstrated that he's doing something that boxing hasn't been able to process yet. Definitely not in the heavyweight division since the days of George Foreman, where a guy could just show up and throw bombs and go, right, I've got him out of there. And even so, Foreman wasn't this devastating. What we're seeing with Deontay Wilder is someone who who doesn't fit inside the traditional boxing rulebook. He doesn't fit inside the coaching manual. And normally when you don't fit inside the coaching manual, you're either really shit or really great. Princeton seems a prime example. You know, Floyd fits perfectly inside the coaching manual, just very high-level skills. Wilder doesn't. He doesn't box to win rounds. He doesn't doesn't box to win rounds. He only boxes to take you out. And what he's doing over the years is becoming more proficient at creating those holes and those gaps and then landing. So good luck to whoever thinks they can get hold of this guy because I'm, I'm convinced that he's the number one man in the division and will be for at least another couple of years. Guys, thanks for for tuning in. Uh, You know, there should be more podcasts in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to try to record a bit more. Um, Any topics, ideas, just let me know. As always, hit me up on Twitter at Highfield Boxing. Hit me up on Instagram at Highfield Boxing. If you haven't done so, please leave a rating and a review on iTunes. Let's get ourselves further up that ladder. And, you know, if you can like this, if you enjoy the content, share it on, on your platforms. Let people know that. You know, we're just here just trying to tell the truth. We're still not corporate yet, probably never be corporate. And we can just give we can give a fan's eye view with a bit more, you know, like a fan's eye view plus of what's really going on in the sport without having to sit through scripted bullshit, this, that and the other. You know, if you really want to hear boxing as it's meant to be, man, this is what you should be getting behind. And it's not just me. There are others out there. Get behind these movements, get the views, get let these be the, the noise in social media. Because if you look at what happens at the moment, Hearn just floods social media with his story. And then you guys listen to podcasts like mine maybe Porky's Corner, Beyond the Ropes, British Boxing Blog, uh, DJ's Boxing Blog is a boxing blog or boxing podcast, you know, with Stephen Riku all these other podcasts you guys listen to but you don't share them enough that we can drown out the bullshit from the from the paid sector the boxing socials and so forth who are bribing their way up to some kind of credibility but when you look in their eyes you know they're not credible but as i said always then keep the conversation going and once again thanks again for thanks very much for listening take care